scripture comes from John chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. And now I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them in your name that you have given me. I guarded them, and not one of them was lost except the one destined to be lost, so that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I'm coming to you, and I speak these things in the world, so that they may have they may have my joy made complete in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I am not asking you to take them out of the world, but I ask that you protect them from the evil one. They do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is the truth. As you have sent me to the world, so I have sent them to the world. And for this sake, I sanctify myself, so that I may also be sanctified in truth. The sword of the Lord. This week, uh, I had a particularly uh, difficult time in writing uh, my sermon. Uh, sermon writing is not like uh, you craft a writing uh, as you like. Uh, a lot of times, sermon, write, in sermon writing, what I do is wait for the message to come. And uh, it is a little bit different from the Bible study. Uh, so a lot of times I spend my time reading and reading, reflecting and reflecting, and then waiting and waiting. And yesterday uh, I waited until 11.30 at night here at church, and still the message did not come clearly. And this morning at 5 o'clock I, uh, I woke up and then, uh, meditate on uh, the passage again. Uh, of course, I wrote a draft uh, yesterday, but particularly the difficulty about this passage was that we do not belong to the world, Jesus said. And then when I reflect upon my own congregation, and also including myself, we are so much in the world. We are so engaged in the world. What do I say to people who are so into the world that you do not belong to the world? And that was a partly the difficulty about today's passage. Today's passage is Jesus' last prayer on earth. Just before he died, he said this prayer, and then a few days later, uh, he will uh, be killed. And probably the most important prayer, because when people die, they say the most important thing, last word on earth, last prayer on earth. Jesus spent three years with the disciples, and now he had to say goodbye to them. And now they will be 
all alone without Jesus until now they follow Jesus and just uh, did whatever Jesus told them to do. But this time they had to take the initiative of carrying on the ministry that Jesus uh, began. So when Jesus looked at the disciples, probably they were not yet ready. And so Jesus was really concerned. And I'm really thankful that the disciples did not give up. Uh, they carried on what Jesus did. Uh, that's why we have the gospel. That's why we have the good news and we have salvation. If they said, oh, this is too much. Uh, I don't think I can uh, uh, carry on this ministry. If they gave up there, then Christianity would not have uh, been given birth. But even though they, I mean, it, it, it all depended on their shoulder, uh, the 12 uh, disciples. They, they were the ones, all other crowd, all other people left Jesus already. Now, only people that were left were 12 disciples, and they had to carry on, and the, the task was too much uh, for them. That's why Jesus was concerned uh, for them. And when, when I uh, read several times uh, the prayer of Jesus, uh, the strong message that comes from the prayer was uh, protection. Jesus wanted their protection. When you look at verse seven, 11, and now I'm no longer in the world. That's what, what Jesus is saying. But they are in the world. Uh, and I'm coming to you, Holy Father. Protect them in your name that you have given me so that they may be one as uh, we are one. And Jesus knew that their life would not be necessarily easy, so he asked for protection. As you know, all disciples were martyred uh, soon. Uh, so the world to them, uh, especially without Jesus, was not a comfortable place. The world was hostile to them. Jesus even knew that the world would be hostile to them. This is what Jesus said. The world has hated them because they do not belong to the world. The world has hated them because they do not belong to the world. And just before that, he said, they have my word. That's why the world will hate them, because they do not belong to the world. At times, as a Christian, we'll have difficult time in this world. It is hard to survive in this world. The world is not necessarily a kind place for us to enjoy. We have to constantly prove ourselves about our worthiness. And sometimes we face problems uh, and then they are quite overwhelming. It's like when you go to ocean, the, uh, the, 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 the wave comes to you, but not just once, continuously over and over and over again. Sometimes problems come to us like uh, waves. Instead of, uh, okay, now I had enough problems, no more, but another problem can come. The world can be, the life can be quite cruel to us sometimes. 
we feel like sometimes we are surrounded by helplessness and we have no place to hide or escape. And often we get disappointed with the world and we get frustrated too. And we realize that it can be a quite cruel place, this world. We do not belong to the world. Jesus, that was what Jesus said in his prayer, same phrase twice, verse 14 and verse 16. They do not belong to the world just as I do not belong to the world. They do not belong to the world just as I do not belong to the world. It's not typo. It's not. It is he repeated intentionally twice in verse 14 and 16. Exact same sentence. And we realize, I realize that we cannot be too comfortable in this world. This is not our eternal place to stay. We cannot permanently settle here. My daughter lives uh, in Boston. I shared with you about my daughter last week. And she lives in Boston. And uh, we, uh, I ask uh, all the time, so did you make some friends? And then did you go to church? Or, you know, how's your life there? And then uh, basically they were saying, you know, just work and home and work and home. We have no friend uh, still and all that. And then Will said, you know, we are not really planning to make many friends here because we are not going to stay here too long. Uh, we're going to go back to Toronto. So we are not really strong about making friends. I said, yes. <laughs> <clears throat> if they are too comfortable there, they won't come. They will like Boston more than Toronto, because Toronto is a better place. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, this world is not our permanent place to stay. We cannot be too comfortable uh, in this world. The world may have treated you so far very nicely, but never forget that you do not belong here you will not permanently stay here. Of course, we should not hate the world or despise the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his uh, one and only son. So God loved the world, so we have to also love the world. But loving the world does not mean that you should completely immerse yourself into the thinking of this world. That's not what loving the world is. You, you cannot completely attach yourself to the world. While Jesus lived on earth, when I look at read uh, Jesus' life over and over again, I think he really enjoyed the world. He had many friends, sinner friends. A lot of them were sinner friends. I think he really, really enjoyed the world very much. But I, I get this sense that he had never, never strong attachment to the world. 
He enjoyed it. He loved it. But he never attached himself all the way to the world. He did not live to stay here or lengthen his stay on earth as long as possible. Right from the beginning, when you read John, right from the beginning, Jesus always said, my time has not yet come. My time has not yet come. My time has not yet come. He was waiting for his time. This time is time of death, time of the cross. So Jesus always said, my time has not yet come. He loved and enjoyed the world, but he knew soon he would leave the world. And he has no attachment to it. That is kind of attitude Jesus had about this world. He lived only 33 years. Very short life. You may say, what kind of life is that? 33 but that 33 years were most meaningful years and made profound impact on other people. With only 33 years living on earth, he made his life made tremendous impact on people. It is one thing to love the world and another thing, to totally immerse ourselves into the world. Please, don't be bought into the thinking of this world. Don't be fooled and don't be blinded by the pleasure that this world may give you. St. Paul said in his letter to the Romans, for 11 chapters, he wrote about the theory uh, of Jesus Christ and salvation, eloquently. And from chapter 12, he described how you should live. And the first thing uh, that St. Paul said was, give your body as a living sacrifice, and that is spiritual worship. And then he said this, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. When you experience the disappointment disillusionment with the world, do not be so sad. Maybe it may be a good reminder that you do not belong here. You do not belong to the world. Rather, use that as an opportunity to be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Use that as an opportunity to transform yourself. Then you'll be able to see perfect and acceptable will of God in your life. 
This is what Jesus prayed, and this is what I pray also for my congregation. Jesus said in verse 17, Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is the truth. Don't be tainted and completely influenced by the world's thinking, by this world, but sanctify yourself with the word of Jesus Christ, because that word is the truth. Immerse yourself into the truth. Sanctify yourself with the truth. Don't be fooled. Don't be blinded. Life is short. We are supposed to find the perfect will of God rather than just enjoying every moment of it. People who experience deep pain in the world, all of a sudden they have different perspective about the Word of God. The Word of God is not anymore ancient theory. The Word of God becomes life to them. You know, when I look at, I've been with you for many years. I've been in this church for 1992, so 23 years I've been in this church. I've seen you uh, since uh, some of you were really young, before marriage, while you were in school. For a while, I saw dedication. I saw deep passion for the Word of God, deep passion for Jesus. But somehow, life carried some of us to a totally different place. We don't have that passion anymore for the Word. We used to have, used to be so dedicated. But somehow, through life experiences, something else started influencing people. When we go through hard time and difficult time, the Word of God becomes living life, not just theory, ancient theory. Some of them confess to me, without Word, I don't think I could survive my difficult time. They had unimaginable pain hardships and difficulties. And they come to me and say, the word of God saved me at that time. If we do not know the word, we'll be lost. Jesus taught the disciples the word. That's why they could survive. Be sanctified with the truth. Be sanctified with the Word of God. That's the only thing that can sustain you. Don't base your life on the good experiences that you have in this world. That will not last too long. 
And then you cannot control that either. The end then will be disillusionment and disappointment. Let the word of God transform you. You'll be able to love the world and enjoy the world without being fooled by it. You'll never get lost when you have the living word. You will find the true joy. That's what St. Paul said. He said, rejoice always. Not when, only when things are good. Rejoice always. He said this in prison without knowing the future of, the, of tomorrow. He said, rejoice always. He was sanctified by the truth. So the joy becomes characteristic of his life. And that was what Jesus also said today in his prayer. I speak these things in the world so that they may have my joy made complete in themselves. Jesus was leaving, but he wanted disciples to have complete joy. The joy world cannot, the, the joy the world gives cannot give true joy. Peace the world gives you is temporary joy. The life the world guarantees is temporary life. But the joy, peace, and life that truth guarantees us is eternity. Don't invest all your time, energy, resources into the things that are here for a while and disappears. Invest all that into eternal things. That was Jesus' prayer for the disciples. Let us sing together. Let us have a moment of silence and reflection. Let us think about our life. Where do we invest all our time, energy, talents, resources into? Things that are here for a while and disappear, like vanity, let us think about what it means to really put our life into the things that are eternal. Let us reflect upon our lives. <laughs> 